So, can anything good come out of Nazareth? We don't know much about Nathaniel, although ancient tradition holds that he was known as Bartholomew in the other Gospels. And Bartholomew means son of furrows, which suggests that maybe Nathaniel was a man of the earth, a plowman, plain spoken, ordinary, practical. He's a little bit like Thomas is in the Gospel of John. He's the one who is more than happy to ask the questions that everybody thinks, but nobody dares speak. The practical, down-to-earth questions of Jesus. And Nathaniel doesn't seem to hold back on his own biases and his prejudices. He is a man of the land. He is a man of his place. He is a person who sees the world through a particular lens, and he's happy to speak through that. And maybe that's what Jesus means when he sees him coming and he says, here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. He's not trying to hide anything. He's not trying to conceal anything about who he is. The field is plowed or it's not. The furrows are straight or they're crooked. There's not a lot of gray area or middle ground in that. But the wonderful thing that Jesus may see in that is here is somebody I can work with because I know exactly where I stand. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Can anything good come out of Montgomery? This weekend we remember a life of a person who came out of the deep Jim Crow South and certainly for the powers that were in existence and the powers that are still there today, Montgomery was a long way from anywhere that mattered. It was on the wrong side of the Mason-Dixon line to begin with. It is true that Martin Luther King had a doctorate from Boston University. He knew how to speak in academic prose and he knew how to speak to people in all kinds of walks of life. But at the end of the day, was he someone who would be listened to, who would be followed when it came time to move the civil rights movement into something national? There was an enormous amount of inertia to overcome. The story, as some of you will remember, is that the rector of Church of Our Savior then, Murray Hammond, went to the march on Selma. Murray Hammond went out the door to Selma. Four families went out the door and never came back to Church of Our Savior. It was a different time, and there was a lot of resistance. How is it that Martin cut through all of that. How do we know true prophets from false ones? It's a question that has been asked for centuries.
The ancient church held that a true prophet had to be itinerant, not dwelling in one place. It's a little bit like Ben Franklin's old saw, fish and prophets smell after three days. But there was something else. Prophets, like in today's psalm, knew that they were centered in God and that they had been from the very beginning. And because that, they were willing to speak truths that convicted their hearers to the heart. That said something about ourselves we already knew but maybe didn't want to admit. That said to us something radical was unfolding as God is moving in our midst. That were willing to help us see a new thing. A new vision. What Martin would come to call a dream. God's dream. And so it's when people heard that and were convicted in their hearts, that's when prophets became legitimate in their eyes. Samuel's legitimacy would come a little bit later than today's story. We hear the beginning of Samuel's prophetic vocation. He is with the temple prophet, Eli, in training, an apprentice, given up by his parents out of thanks. Hannah had been barren before she bore Samuel. And the deal she cut with God was, if I can bear a child, I will offer him to you. And she did. And so Samuel is there with Eli. Samuel hears the voice of God in a time when nobody else is hearing it. Samuel's just a boy. What does he know? Eli has to deal with the corruption of his family and the painful legacy of prophets who have fallen from grace. Samuel hears and is encouraged to say what he hears. And he becomes a little bit like Nathaniel, an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. And the people see that and they recognize that. And that is what empowers Samuel later on to raise up the first kings over Israel. But of course, like Martin leaves Montgomery, Samuel leaves the temple. He gets out and he rubs shoulders. And in fact, that brings us to our second reading today, which is the reading you all wanted to hear about, because of course it talks about sex, right? But of course that's not what the reading is about, is it? Sexual ethics were a big question for the early Christians living in Corinth, a town where just about anything you want could be had. But Paul steps back and invites them to step back 
Sexual ethics may be the manifesting issue, but the deeper question is about how we understand our witness to God in our lives and how, how we share that with others. Fundamentally for Paul, he says, where you put your body, that's where your faith is. It's that simple. You show your faith in where you put yourself. Simple, but not easy. But something the prophets have always understood. Martin Luther King knew that in order to confront the systems of racism and the injustices of our society, he needed to put himself bodily in places where nobody had dared yet gone. He had to stand side by side with Christians and Jews and Muslims and people of every faith and every tribe and every color in order to move the inertia in this country. Above all, he had to put himself in places where he might get in trouble. So think about Martin not in Montgomery but in Selma and in Birmingham where of course one of his great letters comes out of a jail cell. Could anything good come out of Mill Valley? If you put your ear to the ground in Southern Marin, the snarky Southern Marin humor will sometimes talk about our town as Me Valley. Now my clergy colleagues would say that's a joke with useful truths. But what does it mean when we are gathered here this morning in worship and in prayer? What does it mean this Tuesday when a group of us go over to Mount Carmel and help those who are hungry by offering them food? What does it mean when some of us cross the border into Marin City and work with people there? What does it mean as we as a community start to talk about homelessness in this one of the wealthiest counties in the country and how we might put ourselves bodily in places where we can serve. That's standing in the prophetic tradition. Putting ourselves bodily where the needs are. Putting ourselves in relationship with those who need to hear the good news. And when we do that, we stand in that prophetic tradition that has a thread that goes through Martin Luther King, that goes back to Nathaniel and Philip, through Jesus, and even back to a little boy in the temple all those many centuries ago, hearing the voice of God.
This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley dot O-R-G. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.